from the white cliffs of cream in Devon to the windswept speckles of the Dundee cake from the humble Cornish pasty to the noble jellied eel we've searched these British Isles for the food that brings us together or drives us apart so fasten your napkins and join us as we find out once and for all what's the best British food in the first Great British Food Fight. I'm a Bambra Kick. I'm a Haggis. I'm a Little Welsh Cake. I'm a Dundee Kick. <laughs> Hello, I'm Timothy Fork, and welcome to the epic battle of British edibility and credibility. As regular listeners will already well know by now, we've been on a tour of the UK, meeting some of the mouth-watering foods that make us who we are as a nation. Each week, foods representing their local area have been battling it out, and they're all aiming to become the winner of the great British food fight. We've made it to the semi-final of sorts, where we'll be deciding once and for all which is the best English food in a mega battle of North versus South. Let's remind ourselves who they both are. Betty, the Lancashire hot pot representing the North. Hiya, Timothy. You're right. <laughs> I am. Um, how have you been? Oh, yeah, I've been good. I've been good. I've been perfecting my recipe. Um, and I've been listening in, you know, things, you know, historical about this pleasant land. Have you learned a lot? Oh, ah, yeah. It's been very educational. Oh, I'm loving it. I've learned a lot myself. And representing the South, it's the favourite. It's the Cornish pasty, Tristan. Hello there, my lover, Mr. Timothy Fork. I, I've changed quite a lot on this journey. I've become more than just a Cornish pasty. Still, I have 50% Victoria sponge within me. I feel almost full to bursting with joy and strange ingredients. Yes, it's been quite a transformational journey for you, and the journey is not over yet, so who knows what else might be incorporated by the end of it. Well, it's all come down to this. Melton, Malbury, pork pies, fish and chips, roast beef, red Leicester, none of them matter anymore. There's only two English foods left that count. Lancashire hot pot and Cornish pasty. Hiya, Tristan. I'll have to say... I've loved your journey through this competition. Well, hello there, my lover, Betty. Very nice of you to say. It's uh, been quite a surprise for me. I never imagined such things could occur to a pasty, Cornish or otherwise. But here we are. I just love the thought that, you know, you are such humble beginnings and you know and you represent this country for thousands of years I just I love it whereas Lancashire you know we're a real mix of um you know of nationalities really due to uh, the English aristocracy see being such bastards for years you know and terrorizing everybody and it just feels that you Cornish have just you know stay true to who you are and and we've had to put up with you know Henry VIII and all his changing of religions and um terrorizing uh, the Irish and the the Scottish and the, you know everyone in the north anyone who speaks with a northern accent whereas you've just stuck to your guns and uh, we've had to stick together you know so uh, 
I think you represent what it really is to be English, but um, I think I represent what it is to be a modern English person, you know. Well, now that's an interesting point of view. I, I think we do like to keep hold of our traditions and the bloodlines of Curnow and know that we do have a place in these British Isles, but we have the Cornish diaspora all the way over in Australia and also in Brazil. And there, if you go and eat a pasty there, it will be a Cornish pasty, but also it will not be a Cornish pasty. It will have changed and adapted. And I think that's a, a part of modern Britain, isn't it? We all have to adapt and change to the, the changing environment that we live in. Well, I completely agree. I really do. Um, Because I think Lancashire's changed, you know, we're actually quite a new county, really. Um, But, you know, we we just grew and grew in population because of the the amount of people that landed in Lancashire during um, the Industrial Revolution. You know, Manchester was a town of 20,000 before it became the metropolis that you know today. Um, You know, and, and and progress is made because of all this immigration. You know, we wouldn't have the democracy that we have today if it wasn't for the progress of the North, you know, and, and, and employment rights and, um, and women's liberation. I, I, I just don't think that there's been that much progress coming from Cornwall. It kind of feels like you've, you're quite stayed Well, no, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. If you gaze upon my body, you'll see I've completely transformed myself. So perhaps some people in Conroll do cling to the old ways, but many of us are very happy to take on board new things. Uh, The lithium that we've found was not something that would be dug up in the days of tin and copper, but we've adapted our tools to mine that lithium. And I think in some ways we have to adapt our minds to mine the new information of the internet age that we live in. Well, I can't knock you for that, but I I think we're adapting too. We've seen some real changes since Maggie Thatcher destroyed uh, pretty much everything that uh, everything that we hold dear up in the north. So we've adapted too, and people now recognise that we're a, a, a comic a comic county. And, you know, we've got lots of uh, culture up here. You know, the BBC have moved up here and um, they read the news and they tell local stories. And it's made, it's had a big impact, that. It's had a real impact. People now know that it's all right not to speak in, you know, BBC English. Well, now that's something I can agree with. We need more regional accents. It used to be the days we were banned from ever appearing on a news programme to speak in a native regional accent. That's 100% I can agree with that, my lover. I just I just feel like there's that, you know, when you talk like that, it just um, it just resonates with me. And I feel like I could merge into your Cornish pasty. <laughs> that was me doing a Cornish accent. <laughs> well, uh, you're, you're 50% of the way to be absorbed. I'm definitely interested in ways that we can take your lovely potato topping and uh, merge that some way with my crimps and jam and sponge though though some call me a monstrosity and a freak and many children fleed from my presence as I entered the studio today but you've got to ignore those naysayers that ha- ain't half true there Tristan um I, 
trouble is, though, I just don't think my gravy could hold in your case. You know, I wouldn't feel safe in the casing of your pasty. I've got so much gravy flowing through me because I'm northern. Um, and also, I, th- I think I've just got a better cut of meat. Well, now that's true. I did date a lass up from uh, Manchester one time and her veins were filled with gravy. She was a very warm hearted soul. Giving her a hug was like holding onto a big, fat, warm kettle filled with stew. Ah, those were the days. Oh, sounds like those were the days. I miss the uh, the touch of a uh, of a nice Lancashire man. I'm not going to lie. Or feels like a long time since I've loved someone that dearly. But um, I think that Lancashire loves me. I think um, I think Lancashire. Uh, Beginning to remember who keeps keeps them warm, you know, and uh, who's got their best interests at heart. Well, then it certainly knows that. Certainly seems like you know who's on your side, but uh, of course the judges and the competition still has to speak. I think we're going to find out once and for all, really, who is loved, who is loved more than the other. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. I'm ready. However, I'm also ready to see what's best, north or south. Jethro, could I borrow your uh, your pick? I've got something stuck in my teeth. I think it's a red potato that I found in my pastry. Lads, gather round. I've... I've just bitten into my pasty and I've only got gone on a found confit of duck, haven't I? Oh, I mean, I love it, but, oh, it's giving me mouth all kinds of taste sensations at the moment. Lads, lads, I'm not being funny, but I've just bitten into my pasty and I've discovered that it's full of lettuce. Like, just, it's just so green. You know, I was looking for something that was going to sustain me and I just, I just feel like I've had a glass of water. Lads, you will not believe what I just found in my pasty. A bit into it. Hey, they've only given us a Christmas bonus. Look, I've got 50 quid. Oh, hey. Hey. Nice one. Lads, lads, lads. I, I can't believe it. I've just bitten into my pasty. And, and I've, I've come across the crown jewels. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, never going to believe this. I just, I've bitten into my pasty. And I've, I've just come across all the bullying from the Brinks Matt robbery. Lads, I, I, I think, I'm, I think I'm, I've just bitten into my pasty and I found the, the Holy Grail. Lads, I've just bitten into my pasty and I think I've found the solution to my complex relationship with my father as a child. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to crack straight on with round two, the head-to-head local knowledge round. Betty and Tristan, are you both ready to be quizzed? Uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm all ready. Ready as I've ever been, Mr. Fork. Betty, can you give me five reasons why the North is better than the South? Um. We have a better sense of humour. 
Um, we know when to stop walking fast. Um, we know what it is to have family. Um, and um, we don't need coats in winter. Um, and uh, I suppose I quite, we quite like the weather. Come rain mm -hmm. or shine. Can't disagree with much of that. For a bonus point, can you give me a bit more of your of your southern accent that you you did earlier? Oh, uh, yes. I was thinking about my gravy being in Tristan's pasty. Brilliant. Uh, sounds just like him. Okay, extra point. And now, Tristan, I'll ask the the converse question to you. What can you give me? Five reasons the South is better than the North. Well, now, this is a question and a half, of course. The uh, great King Arthur was, was from the South. He was actually born in uh, Cornwall, you know, the many legends, but he is actually a Curnow man. Uh, the uh, investment in infrastructure, as uh, like it or not, there's a lot more money put into the South, makes us all uh, a bit top-heavy. And actually, number three, the, we are actually sinking into the sea. So we're getting a lot more coastal properties and Scotland is actually rising up into the air. So uh, we'll, we're getting a lot more of the lovely sea coming in. Uh, the fourth reason that the south is much better than the north is because if you look from above at the map of the British Isles, you can see it looks like Margaret Thatcher riding a pig. And now who would you choose to be, Margaret Thatcher or the pig? The pig, of course. And the fifth reason that the South is better than the North is, well, I have to say that because I am from there and I know everything now, I am the Alpha and Omega of foodstuffs. I am what you would eat for a snack and also what you'd have for a lovely treat. So I must be the South. As eloquent as always, uh, I should give you the opportunity to, for a bonus point as well. Can you can you do a little uh, a little example of how Northerners sound to you? Well, yes, of course I can. I can do a very good impression of a North American, uh, the the fellow Elmo, and actually all Northern people just sound like that that fellow Elmo from the Muppets show. So if you go up to say Manchester, they'll say. <clears throat> Oh, hey, hi there. Welcome to Manchester, my kid. <laughs> and I'm afraid that's how they sound to me. That's how they sound to all of us, Tristan. That was spot on. That's basically uh, what most of Oasis's tracks sounded like to me. So, yes, let's see if the judges agree. Let's uh, see what they have to make of those answers. Well, I have to tell you. The Elmo impression was simply spot on. I mean, my mind has been, frankly, blown wide open. Aye, but you would say that because you're from the bloody south, aren't you? You see, this is the problem. We're now in a north-south debate. And I, very well and truly, as you can hear, and I do not sound anything like Elmo, I am from the north and I take issue with that. I don't mean to be rude, Martha, but... To me, you sound exactly like Elmo. Oh, absolute nonsense. Well, you sound like someone who's got something stuck up their bottom. Well, Martha, so do Muppets. As uh, Dr. 
Bunsen Honeydew. I have to say, I didn't realise Beaker was from the north, but until now. But I have to say, that was a very accurate reflection. Are you calling me Beaker? All I'm saying is scientifically, it, my experiment has been proven that, you know, the South don't sound like any Muppets, so they must be better. That's right, you tell them. Well, I have to say, I was quite moved by Betty's heartfelt, gravy-filled words. She talked about love and community and all the progress that has been unrecognised by the uh, imbalance of the Southerners focusing more on London. So I think that if we have to vote with our hearts, we have to vote for Betty just to redress the balance and uh, stop us flying up into the air. I agree. We can't, we cannot rely on Boris and his load of cronies to do the levelling up. So we've got to start it somewhere and we're better than here. Well, now, now, don't, don't lump us all into the same basket. You know, we may live round the corner from one another, but I can absolutely assure you, not all Southerners are the same. And prove it by voting for Betty the North. That's a way to thumb your nose at Boris Johnson. Well, why don't you prove it by voting for the South? Well, how about you vote for the North and I'll vote for the South? Deal? Sounds eminently sensible. I, 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 I don't want to, you know, throw anything into the mix here, but is, is there any way we could put the hop hop within, within, you know, within the pasty and maybe combine the two, have some kind of Midlands winner? I mean, it's already got Victoria Sponge in it. You're making some kind of awful Frankenstein monster. Well, I, I suppose so, yes, yes. Now, now, come to think of it, actually, it's, it's almost like three course dinner in a, in a pasty, isn't it? <laughs> Mm. Yes, an, an interesting concept. I like the idea of three courses. I wonder if we could sort of maybe get pretty fours at the end. Mm. Yes, very good, very good. You've given us much to think about. <laughs>
Tristan. Well, now I believe uh, if we're not talking about the sugar tax, that must be tea. Must be uh, tea tax. I'm afraid it was whiskey. Oh, getting exciting. Which tasty treat provides 663 million to the UK in revenue? Betty Lancashire Hot Pot. Fox's Mince Glaciers? I'm afraid it was simply chocolate. Chocolate. Oh, their nerves getting the better of them at the last minute. How many miles is the most remote pub in Britain from its nearest city? Betty, Lancashire Hot Pot. 150 miles. Tristan, do you have another answer? Well, now I'll uh, triangulate their calculations. I'll say 452 and a half miles. Uh, you were wrong to go up. It was 107 miles. Not many points being handed out here. But the final British bonus question is worth five points. It could make a difference. What normal interaction makes you very anxious? Ah, uh, no. Tristan. Are the passing by the person you sort of know, but don't know well enough to know their name. So do you say hello or pretend you haven't seen them or look down at your feet or pretend to be looking at your phone or turn around and pretend you've forgotten something in your house and jump back in so you don't have to say hello. So it's passing uh, acquaintance in the street. Oh, that sends us. Oh, what? Yes. Um. I do agree with Tristan, um, but actually I think the most awkward thing for me is when I walk past someone that I know and I've spoken to them and then it's seeing them again. Because I did that with Joanna Lumley in the, in the food aisle um, in Tesco's twice and that was, that was really embarrassing. That sounds horrendous. If anything, that does sound more anxiety-inducing than what Tristan said. Tristan, have you got any, any rays on that? I think I would like to simply stand by my first uh, statement of a person you sort of know, but that person is Joanna Lumley. So there. Well, it's hard. I might spit the points between you. They, they both sound very nerve wracking. Or alternatively, you are Joanna Lumley and you don't know whether to say hello to a person that Joanna Lumley, that you are, doesn't know. I can barely get my head around that one. Um, <laughs> the points have been awarded. It's too late. There's a winner, a winner of England. And I can reveal, Tristan, you did do well to catch up at the end. But Betty, you had a very strong early start with lots of displays of knowledge. Some might say a bit smugly, but it worked for me. You've won England. Betty, Lancashire Hot Pot, how do you feel? My God, I feel elated. I can't believe it. Sorry, what was that, Betty? Oh, I can see you're elated. Oh, well done. You'll be back for the final next week. Tristan, how do you feel? Well, Mr. Fork, all good journeys must come to an end. And though I've changed a lot, I believe I should return back to Kurnow now and share the wisdom that I've learned with the druids that live there and keep the oral knowledge of our lands. I will go back and show them what I have become and allow them to pick apart the pieces of this strange new beast that I am. But uh, I must say you have been a very firm and kind host, Mr. Fork, and if you ever wish to come and do some crimping down in Kernow, you are most welcome, sir.
Well, thank you very much. That's very nice of you. And does the Victoria Sponge part of you have any final words for us? It does indeed. I really don't know why I'm here. Oh, Victoria. Foods don't have fingers, but they do have credits. The Great British Food Fight was improvised and performed by Luke Behan, Ems, Zoe French, Darren Jordan, Jennifer Longdon, Kim Nelson, Reshma Mardi, Stuart Knox, Marty Sears, Sue Swallow and Alistair Thomas. Edited by Luke Behan, directed by Jennifer Longdon. <laughs>